Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Chris Evans here. Welcome to this week's edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky on Virgin Radio. On the way, Brit pop legend Brett Anderson reminisces ahead of the Sky Arts Classic album series looking at Suede's 1996 album coming up. The chart-topping podcast duo Chris and Rosie Ramsey jump on the line with a sneak peek of their upcoming Shagged Married Annoyed tour. Presenter and motorcycle god Charlie Borman lifts the lid on swapping leathers for wetsuits in the big stand-up for men's health. And our favourite chef James Martin pops in to tell us about his mouth-watering 2022 live tour, James Martin Live. All of that and so much more to come. Now, Dapper Dave, tell us please, who's the first guest? Topping the charts and charming the critics are all in a day's work for our next guest. Sky Arts Classic Album Series examines the seminal coming up by Suede tomorrow night at 9pm. So you can forget loose lips sinking ships. It's time to focus on his snake hips making hits. It's Brett Anderson! Yes! Well done, David! You took a what? chance and it paid off. Woo! In fact, you took several. <laughs> was that just off the calf? Yeah, just made it up. Amazing. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's an... Yeah, cunning... Whatever. How are you, Brett Anderson? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you, Chris Evans. How are oh, you? Oh, mate, this you film. haven't got your haven't you haven't got your you, you, last time I came in you were bare feet, barefoot, yeah. barefooted. You were running barefoot everywhere. We've gone back you? to putting things under some things in between ourselves and the planet, which yeah, is not great, and I do somewhat regret yeah, it. But but um, here you are with your with your with your shoes on. Yeah, massive. You can't get any thicker soles than these. Anyway, moving on. Um, so you haven't been for your run this morning. You are a runner nowadays. I am aren't a runner. You? Yeah, and I haven't been for my run this morning, so I'm missing my exercise high. Your fix. Yeah. Your dopamine So hence the, hence the treble espresso here. <laughs> you know. uh, right, this film is amazing. It's uh, 47 minutes long. It's on Sky Arts tomorrow at 9pm, and then it'll be available forever on demand. And here's how it begins. A lot of people thought that Suede was Bernard, with Brett singing on top of it. And I always knew that Suede was a lot more than that. With coming up, the intention was not to make another Dogman star. So it was never going to be a sprawling opus. Ten songs, most of them three to four minute bangers. And it gets better from there on in. Uh, it starts at a sprint and it doesn't let up for a second. Uh, have you seen the film back yourself, Brett Anderson? I have seen the film back myself a couple of times, yeah. Well, uh, um, the, the guy who made it, um, Mike, the director, he's actually an old friend, which is a, it was a really interesting dynamic because um, I think when you've got someone that you really trust making a film, you can, you can sort of go to places emotionally that you wouldn't be able to normally go. If it, was, if it was someone you didn't know, you might feel a bit cagey about 
revealing things but because Mike's such a trusted friend we were able to sort of like say things that we probably wouldn't normally say and kind of like you know just sort of reveal things and yeah. knowing that we could trust him you know and it's not specifically what you say it's it's that relaxed tone in which you say them which sort of tells us more than words probably ever could or would or would or could and um you know this is post uh post Bernard of course now yeah so, so suede coming up suede would you say they're suede too? They were the sequel to, you know, Bernard's sort of suede. Or would you say that the, the suede of the first two albums was the prequel to what suede was? <laughs> or what suede is? A bit of, but that sounds like a kind of like one of those kind of like philosophical kind of like conundrums, doesn't it? But you love those. Um, yeah, I do. I, 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 who knows? They're just different bands. Really. Will the real suede please step forward? Yeah, exactly. I and mean, we're, we're quite a lucky band. We've had we've had at least two debut albums. You know, <laughs> and the first was the suede suede in '93, and then definitely coming out was our second debut. And in a way, the, we had an album out a few years ago called Blood Sports, which is a kind of reunion album. So I think we've had three debut albums, which is quite unusual, really, because I like debut albums. They're exciting. You say in the first five minutes. Um, you know, I always knew Bernard was going to leave the band. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. must have been a, a strange thing to have to wake up to or with every morning. Yeah, there was always that kind of volatility there. But I think you live with those things because I think, you know, every band ultimately implodes, doesn't it? And that's what's exciting about it. It's that it's that sort of volatility. It's that sort of sense that it can all fall apart. That's that, that's what rock music is. There's There's a sense of danger there. Uh, and stability is kind of dull, isn't it? You know, and 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 having that there, and having knowing that, and uh, uh, but working within those kind of you know limits was what was, what was exciting about Bernard being in the band. Yeah, and the headlines from one of you know many of the uh, magazines at the time, uh, you know, is this the end for the most exciting band of the nineties? Um, because Bernard walked out, um, uh. and he said, you know, he said in an interview whilst he was still in Suede, he said, Brett drives me insane. Um, how <laughs> do you think you might have driven him insane? I'm sure I drove everyone insane. <laughs> but, you know, young men in their 20s thrust into a position of power and wealth and privilege and people telling them that they're God's gift is going to drive anyone insane. It's, gonna, it's a distortion of reality. And it's it's fascinating, you know. It's it's kind of like you 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 know. We all know you know what it's like being in these positions. You kind of it messes with your head, you know. So we all drove each other insane, but we made some good music out of that insanity. Yeah, so, so it's funny, isn't it? Because it's quite a dramatic statement, but in a way, it's a non-statement because of what you just said. Yeah, it's a it's a it's axiomatic. Of course, it's true, you know. Oh, <laughs> mate, it's so great to talk to you about it. Oh, seriously, it's awesome. You're awesome. You're just awesome as a well, as a band. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to come in again. And you get, come and, in whenever you like and get the get the Chris Evans high instead of <laughs> instead of the exercise high. Well, you can run from where you live. You can do That's that. True, actually, I could have done that. And the other, I? I turn other... up a bit sweaty though. You know, you don't want that. Well, the other, it's that's not going to be good for the photo afterwards, is it? it? it you puts, you'll always look better than me, regardless of what <laughs> your physical conditions. But the other, my other favourite, sort of my uh, unsung hero of the film is that flat in Chesterton Street, talking to Sweaty, yeah, yeah, where yeah, you yeah. and Alan live forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's so good. Yeah, I mean, that was hilarious. I mean, that's what I was saying about you know beautiful ones. The the the, the what was, the world that I was trying to document with yeah. beautiful ones was that flat. It yeah. was this sort of like crazy flat where there was lots of odd people turning up the whole time. You yeah. know, you yeah. don't have to have the poshest top hat for the magic to happen within it, but you have to have the right top hat, and that was the one, wasn't it? That's a 
good. But that's what it felt there. like. It yeah. felt like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's that confined space. Look, the best albums ever made. You know, at least born in confined spaces, and then they spread a bit. Sometimes the bigger the studio, sometimes for me, the energy gets dissipated oh, too absolutely. much. There's a really good. My, my favorite scene in the film. There's lots of home footage from back in the day, and the, and the, it's us in my. I had a little studio in 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 that house. And it was a little box room. And when you make a studio, you have to basically build a room within a room. Yeah. So it was a tiny little room that I made six inches smaller either side. So it was like this tiny airless little room. No air conditioning or anything like that. And there's me and Richard and Alan and a couple of people in this tiny little room playing, be- playing the, the first version of Beautiful <laughs> in the summer of 1995. With lots of pubs around the corner. Like this, tempting you, know. you to go It's out hilarious. I think we've been up for a few days as well, yeah. which added a bit of yeah, oh my pecan. God see to the whole thing but it's it's very funny actually right before you go which suede song knows brett anderson the best which suede song knows brett anderson the best yeah god that's a question that i wasn't expecting on this album or just, just generally just in your whole oeuvre oh god there's a okay so going completely off topic the, the, there's a song that, that i wrote on the last album called life is golden that that means a lot to me because i wrote it for my son right so i'd say that knows me the best right now knows those knows the brandison in 2021 yeah fantastic great to see you lovely to see you chris Always. awesome awesome the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky on virgin radio our next guests are the most entertaining things to come out of South Shield since half of Little Mix. More tickets are on sale for their record-breaking Shagged Married Annoyed live podcast tour. And here to tell us more, a stadium-filling couple that'll make you chuckle. It's Chris and Rosie Ramsey! <laughs> Good morning, wow. you two! Good morning! Morning! Morning. I didn't know half of Little Mix came out of South Shields. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Perry and Jid. I didn't know. I had no idea. Anyway, the point is you two are still there right now. Is it true that you've added 110,000 tickets to your tour? Yes, indeed, yes. Oh, my goodness. Right, so for people who don't know, they've just landed from outer space or or they're not not podcast savvy. What do you do? How did it start? And and, uh, what's become of it? So um, we, uh, I'm uh, Chris Ramsey, I'm a comedian. I started doing a TV show uh, and while I was promoting the TV show on Facebook Live, my wife, Rosie Ramsey, started heckling us in the same room. (laughs) This turned into a bit of a Facebook following, a cult following for Rosie, to the point of where I was doing gigs, stand-up gigs, and people were chanting her name when I was talking about her. I thought, okay, also a true story. Rosie then decided we should do a podcast. Uh, I famously said no, pointless, waste of time. Um, which she mentions probably on a daily basis and I have to apologise for on a weekly basis. We did the podcast. It took off. We couldn't believe it. Then we decided to do some live dates. They sold out immediately. We sold out Wembley Arena in 24 hours. So we put 110,000 extra tickets on and they're also selling faster and we still can't believe it. It feels like a practical joke. I wouldn't, if you were here, if you got us on now to tell us that this was all a practical joke by you, I would, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, or an Anton Deck kind of (laughs) prank. I I know, I've had the same feeling myself this week about something else. Um, So listen, you two, um, it is incredible. Congratulations, well done. You're 66 million downloads and counting for your podcast. That's 66 million. That's that's more than people have been vaccinated in the UK. It is actually, it is. I've never heard it put like that. it's a fact, my friends. <laughs> what a strange, what a strange comparison. I put that on my Twitter bio. No, let's let's leave that. Let's well, leave I'm just trying to get on. some mag, some magnitude, you know, some some sort of perspective to it. It's a lot of wow. listens, isn't it? And all over the world. 
Yeah, it's it's. I mean, we just sit that down and make each other us. laugh, don't we? Yeah, the international yeah. thing surprised because this accent doesn't travel well. No, <laughs> but we have listeners all over. Yeah, Mal- we had uh, a few in Malaysia. Remember yeah. that? I mean, it might be expats, but you know, it still counts. <laughs> they still live there. Yeah, but we we just there. sit down and make each other laugh. That's all we do. We just talk about life. We talk about married life. Talk about kids. We we, we argue with each other quite regularly on the podcast, but we just try and, and make each other laugh and. You know, happily, other people are finding it funny, which is just lush. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So, you know, for people who haven't heard the podcast, you know, it's there's a bit of chat, there's a bit of chat, and then it's um, listeners' questions and dilemmas. Oh, it is, gosh. yeah, and yeah, which and... have got worse and worse as time goes <laughs> I mean, crazy. Time. I mean, Chris, you've worked in telly and, and radio and entertainment for years. You yeah. know that normally the rule that producers and people tell you behind the camera, they tell you that you can't normally sort of guarantee good content from mm-hmm. viewers yeah. or listeners. But oh my goodness, ours have proved that wrong. We need to rein ours in, tenfold. to be honest. Oh gosh, it's yeah, get, it gets. Worse, and so we've still got how many have we got in the easily inbox? twenty thousand emails, emails. and they go up every day, and it's oh. just they tell us everything. It's it's crazy. They will tell us anything and everything, and from you know medical dilemmas to problems in their marriages, and and we uh, we just mediate that, don't we? And just yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> um, the tour, how does it? How's it going to? How is the podcast going to manifest itself in an arena theatre show? So expensively. <laughs> What Rosie keeps Rosie keeps saying to us, um, our exact quote is, she goes, you know, Lady Gaga doesn't actually make money on her tours because she puts that much production behind them, but they're always really successful. I was like, a, a, money, a tour that makes no money is not successful, <laughs> right? Um, basically, it's going to have elements of chat. It's going to have elements of the podcast, obviously, because it is a live podcast. However, you can't turn up to O2 Arena or Ooh. Wembley Arena and just sit and do a podcast. So thankfully, Rosie's a fantastic singer um, and we've got some really, really awesome stuff planned. I mean, as I say, I have to rein her in because the stuff well, you want to do. Well, you're saying I wouldn't care if I wasn't a fantastic singer. If you think that I'm going to go to Wembley in the O2 and not do like a 10-minute medley at the end, <laughs> oh, then you're having a, you know. Right, look. Who wouldn't Who wouldn't? The jury's still that? out on whether it's 10 minutes or not. I mean, many ten, people wouldn't do that. It's craziness. No, I would, say, I, would say, I would double it, Chris. Good luck with that on stop, the night. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop. Yes, you've, see, you've seen the end of <laughs> Mamma Mia, haven't you? <laughs> oh God! That's no. what it is. Please no. It's the reprise. No. It's the dancing in the aisles. It's the what a great. Because he see, Chris. The thing is, right? Even if if um if if the gags have sort of fallen flat, you know, you finish with a few hit songs, nobody will remember. It's it's how it ends. Exactly. It's, it's like revolutions. It's not how they start. It's how they end. I agree. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And we're just gonna make people do chop talk way through oh, and get them all get them all really drunk. After the after the year that we've it. had, after the year that we've had, obviously this, these these two had the first lot of two ideas in September. They sold out, you know, before the whole pandemic. Hmm. But after the year that everyone's had these shows in December in these arenas, it's just gonna be. We're just so excited. It's going to be like a massive Christmas party with everyone who's been locked away. And it's just, yeah, I want to, the questions from the public, I want to get some live. I want to run around the audience with a microphone a la like Russell Brand on Big Brother's Big Mouth back in the day where you just stick a microphone in someone's face. I want, I want all of that going on. Well, you're awesome. Uh, I'm sorry that you had to hang on today. We just had a very busy show. Thank you for hanging on to talk to us. Okay. It's great. Uh, What are you going to do in between now and, um, and September when the tour starts? Um, Move house, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Move house again, yeah. Worry about the tour. No, Worry, uh, yeah, check my uh, my new hobby, my current hobby, is just checking the um, the seating plans on all of the arena yeah. websites. I was doing it while I was waiting to come on here. It's just me thing. It's how <laughs> I fill my day now. Great. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> 
All right, well done, guys. Awesome. Chris and Rosie Rams, there you go. Shagmad Annoyed, the live tour. You're very welcome. Shagmadandannoyed.com. Go there to find out more and to buy some tickets. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's famous for going the long way round, up and down, and very soon he'll be going a long way on a paddleboard, all for the big stand-up for men's health. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome someone that's the opposite of a bore, but the definition of a man. It's Charlie Borman. All right, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> You can do that anytime you want. That was the best intro I've Just had in, take him in with this you. year. Take him to dinner parties, school, fates, whatever. How are you, Charlie? Oh, I'm really, it's great to see you. Great it's to been see ages. You. I know. It doesn't seem like ages, actually. Now now everybody's coming back. Uh, our exec producer, our original exec producer, Ellie, Miss Ellie's back after 15 months of maternity leave today. But again, it seems like she's been away for a second. When people are away, are away it feels like forever. But when they're back... It seems like a minute ago. That's very true. It's like it's like if you're organising a big party or Christmas, the excitement it seems like so long away, and then suddenly it's there and it's gone. Yeah, and it's all back it's, to normal. Will they ever leave? <laughs> right. So why are you paddleboarding? Well, where and for, for for what cause? Well, so we're we're um uh, we're paddleboarding uh, for men's health for uh, mental health. We were going to do it in 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 January, but but um, which is on the 18th, which is the most depressing day of the year, but but because of COVID and stuff, we couldn't do it. So now we're doing it now. And we, uh, we're we doing it um, for Movember to raise some money. Um, and um, and we, we're, we're going we're gonna to do two days. Um, and the first day is 17 miles with one lock. And the second day is 13 miles with 28 locks. See, now, so- <laughs> we because we, we had a paddleboard kayak um, little expedition, mini expedition last weekend. Yep. And we are allowed in the locks in our kayaks. I'm not sure what the rules are for paddleboards. Do you not just take them out of the water and, and walk around them? Yeah, you have to walk around. Right. And, and so you're not allowed through the, the, the you're not allowed in there. So, um, so yeah, so we've got to pick them up 28 times. But but we, we, we just got a whole bunch of, of people together we've got uh we've got james haskell and and we've got um amy who who's one of the djs here and and she does some work and, amy vote and amy vote yeah. yeah and we got uh, uh damon hill and nick and giles english from the bremont watch company you know those guys who yeah, make yeah. The, the, the the british watches and ben ben bowers really is the one who we should sort of thank for because he's the guy who sort of came up with the idea and forced me to to come along. Um, how are you with paddleboarding? Do you have a technique? Because there are various techniques. There's the there's the J stroke, of course, the famous Canadian J stroke, which means you only have to paddle on one on side one of the side. board. And um, tell us how tell us how you paddle yours, Charlie. Well, I'm, I I've got two um, very smashed up legs, so I I just wobble as much as possible. Right. And um, <clears throat> we were doing a practice the other day with 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 Haskell and everybody, and we were we were we were um, at uh, at. Th- the place 360 degrees where you can go in and and have a go if you really fancy it and and they take you out on the on the river anyway i'm supposed to be ben and i are supposed to be the guys who who have the most experience <laughs> paddling along and i'm going guys this is really easy anyway coming back from me to you to the end I slap into the water, fall in face first, so, completely so cover myself up. Done. Miles under the <laughs> belt. <laughs> See, but and you know that from just motorcycling. At me. Uh, yeah, well, crashing is my is my no, favorite but, thing to do. No, but also, you know what I meant from, by that was, you know, if you go on a motorcycle ride and you've covered two hundred miles and you turn into the street where you live, oh, yeah, yeah. that mile's just as dangerous as the other two hundred. But you just think it isn't, and you, it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. To finish <laughs> first, first you've got to finish. Well, it's the most dangerous, isn't it? That first five minutes and the last of course five minutes, it is. you know, because. As you say, the uh, it's your... the ground that kills you. <laughs> That's what they say. In well, as well as that, and the older you get, the less you bounce. You know, but when I was young, I'd fall off a motorbike or fall off of a bicycle, and you'd bounce. And now, you know, when you fall off, you just had. 
and that's well, it. Also, you know? the thing is, you fall. Whereas when you're younger, you know, if there's any chance of you coming off your motorbike, you sort of dive off it, you jump off <laughs> it, you play with it, don't you? Yeah. And it's the same with the kids on the paddleboard. You know, if, they, <laughs> if we fall, we fall. It's pathetic. Yeah. You know, you fall, you put your hand down. Don't put your hand down because you're going to break your arm <laughs> or you're going to break your collarbone. You go into a roll, don't you? That's what they do in skate no, parks. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, when you're skateboarding, there are as many videos on how to fall off a skateboard on YouTube, really helpful ones, as there are on how to stay on a skateboard. So you, you both sides, just I'm just yeah, no, sort in of both sides, yeah. and 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 I just sort of do it as I can, and I take my dog as well. I, um, yeah, my little little Woody, and he. So when you fall in, he falls in. Yeah, well, he loves it to he fall in. But, but, has he got uh, a little doggy life jacket? <clears throat> he has a doggy life jacket. That's so cool, the doggy life jacket! But, but that's so that you can grab him and actually lift him back up. He doesn't obviously doesn't need it because he's a good swimmer. <laughs> but but uh, but you know, but but I think I think the reason we're doing it for men's health and, and for and for November is because I um, I had testicular cancer a number of years ago and lost a nut, right. and uh, it was because of my first dog Ziggy that I found out that I had testicular cancer because my wife took him to the vet and, 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 and he was having a checkup and the last thing that the vet checked was his was his um, testicles. his testicles and he said oh one of them feels a bit odd and my wife said Christ he said one of my husband's feels a bit odd and he goes well you should definitely check that out is that a and fact? then five days later I was on the operating table and this and I never forget it the the the, the anaesthetist and the and the vet no the, uh, the, the surgeon was were looking down at me and, they, and he looked at me and said don't worry Charlie it's just like shelling peas <laughs> and by the way I'm not a vet I'm actually a surgeon, <laughs> I'm a surgeon thank but... God <laughs> and um, um and then and, and and so we did that and I I met Ben Bowers because he he had testicular cancer as well. Right. And between us we had one nut. And so um uh so November would always introduce us as 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 one nut. And <laughs> and, and so we would tell our story and That's and so um, cool. and then Ben ended up working working with 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 November. And then and then so and, and because of the money that they raised they 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 changed the way um they treat testicular cancer and no saved my life. Way. That is so and cool. so so I thought a little bit a little bit Coming back and 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 um, and giving a little bit back. Why and, wouldn't you? And then it's all about talking as well, isn't it? It's a, men aren't very good at talking and about problems and about health and stuff. Women are fantastic at it. They, yeah. They've nailed it with with breast cancer and all this kind of stuff and keeping on top of it. But men aren't that great. So well, they say they said and they still true. It takes a village to raise a child. You know, and it often takes a pub to get a bloke to talk or a pint or yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, and just asking someone, you know, if you ask your mate, how are you? It's, and then you say, no, really, how are you? Yeah. And, and actually, actually have a chat. Right. Well, Charlie, you're awesome. And you well. look very bright eyed. You look very alive. <laughs> no, seriously, you look great. That's very kind. Thank no, you. You're, awesome. you're an awesome individual. The big stand up for men's health, May 17th and 18th, Movember.com slash T slash the big stand up. I want to come and crew you. Come and crew. You'd I'd love, love to it. Do that. Come on the board and, and, you know, we can hold hands and not fall in together. No, well, let's hold hands and fall in together. And fall in together. And then look for that bag that's being dragged along <laughs> yes, with cold exactly. drinks in and the river. And cling on to it. <laughs> is there a name for that when you do that natural cooling in the river? Is it like a drag bag or something? A yeah, I would say drag bag drag would be, bag would be the right, yeah. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio, and we've heard from a handful of our tip-top guests already, but there's still so much more to come. Merseyside's finest, The Coral, have us all dancing with their brilliant brand-new sunshine-filled album, Coral Island. The voice of Sky Sports F1, David Crofty Croft, takes a pit stop, revving us up with excitement ahead of the Spanish Grand Prix. Award-winning professor Dr. Katie Milkman dives into her brand-new book, How to Change, The Science of Getting from Where You Are to Where you want to be and planet saving professor mark maslin inspires optimism for the future in his new handbook how to save our planet all of that and more still to come so let's get right back to it dapper dave who's next Get those aprons ready because next year he's taking his genius out of the kitchen and on the road. Tickets are on sale this Friday at 10am for James Martin Live. So if you fancy spending some time with a man that can both warm and cook your cockles, listen up to the one and only James Martin. Morning, James. <laughs> How are you doing? Look yeah. at him, he's here live in the flesh. How are you doing? How is it to be back on a radio show in an actual studio? It's great. It's slightly surreal, isn't it, really? it's um, TV's a bit surreal at the moment, but, yeah, yeah this is... Everybody's sort of, yeah, appropriate distance and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we're sort of used to this now. It's quite bizarre that we used to be close together. And when you watch people on telly, especially on the sort of the TV sofa shows, um, and you see clips... Because sometimes they play old clips on a show now <laughs> where they're socially distanced and they weren't before. They look uncomfortably close before. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, well, we, we managed to sort of keep filming the Saturday show throughout, the, throughout last year. Well done, everyone. So, uh, but it's limited numbers, you know, limited numbers of crew. So everybody's sort of in their home, they're down the line, and you can see, you know, it's it's kind of weird. We've still got the same amount of people, but they're all dotted around the UK, really. It's, it's uh, yeah, it, 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 it kind of works. It's, it's, yeah. uh, right, uh, James's uh, live tour, James Martin live tour 2022. All right, tell us all about it, James. Yeah, well, this was in the pipeline anyway, but it was always in the pipeline for 2022. It wasn't something we were going to do in 2021 um, and then move it. It was always in the pipeline, um, coupled with the guys at Live Nation, so as you know. Um, so really excited about it. We did a to our first tour it's five years since I left my old Saturday show uh, this year so uh, we sort of did that straight off the back of that and I went on on, on tour and you came to the, the Hammersmith gig um, which, which was, was crazy which was unbelievable and and so I got the dates through for this one and they went well, just just look at the end date and it's the Palladium and um, which is cool and we're travelling anywhere from, from Plymouth right the way up to Glasgow uh, all over the place um, and then end up in, in and like I said in the in the Palladium right jamesmartinchef.co.uk is where you need to go for tickets uh, tickets go on sale this Friday 7th of May I don't know if you can pre-order them or not but just have a look anyway James Martin, um, jamesmartinchef.co.uk for this tour so uh, it's pretty rock and roll last time I think it's going to be more rock and roll this time because you're actually in a band now <laughs> well y- yeah we, we thought we'd give it a go you got us together really last time I was probably about a couple of years ago now uh, we're in by the way how time flies uh, that was two years ago it's unbelievable and our first gig we used to practice in, in sort of my sort of lab at home and then our very very first gig as a band was that Saturday night at Carfest I remember just just after Jules Holland just before the Kaiser Chiefs uh, walking out thinking what am I doing here uh, because you're used to anybody that's learning to play the guitar and knows to play the guitar you, you play it and, and you've got a little amp uh, well when we were rehearsing because your, your 
guys at, at Carfest said, you haven't got time for rehearsal. I went, you've got to be joking. We've never played <laughs> Or words on... to that effect. Yeah, well, exactly. That was our response, to be honest with you. All of a sudden, there was a little space in the afternoon where we could rehearse. And I remember the, the roadies that, 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 that were there said, um, you know, have you got your in-ears? And I went, I, what? I said, I use them for TV, but I've only got the little thing. Um, and uh, no, we've got no in-ears. None, none of the band have got in-ears. Because they're all just, you know, they, they, they used to play in bits and pieces, never together as a band like that. And I remember one of the roadies said, we're going old school, lads. Next minute, I had this massive bank of amplifiers right behind me. Uh, so my little amp had gone to sort of 12 foot high and about 12 foot wide and cranked right up. And I remember playing the first bit and thinking, if I make a mistake here, this is going to be carnage. Everybody's going to hear it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Everybody. And I remember your... Hampshire will hear Well, you, you were looking a little bit... Yeah, thinking, what am I doing? What have I done? And, and then we were doing the same back, but, yeah, what a buzz. What I couldn't a, get over a, the leather trousers. Uh, they weren't leather. They were. They weren't they leather. Were. No, they weren't Snake leather. Skin. No, they don't, definitely weren't leather. <laughs> no, there was a few sequins on there, but that's from my Strictly days. They were pretty cool, <laughs> by the way. But, uh, yeah, we had a great time. We played two tracks, and we've got two tracks lined up for this year as well. And, and we're actually playing sets at a few pub in the parks as well. We're, we're actually, you know, we're, we're fronting a few nights for them. Love it. And so we've now, got, now gone into sort of that. And it's great fun. I mean, we've got a great, great band and... Um, yeah, it was it was amazing to see the reaction because I think people's faces not knowing what was going to happen. But I put the same amount of work in with whatever I do. I mean, we've known each other for years, and I think if you're going to do it, you've got to try your very very best. Oh, don't do it. Well, I, I you know what's the point? I've always said you know if you're interviewing somebody, you've got to put in sort of at least 24 or 48, 48 hours of interviewing for an eight minute interview I do on the, on uh, of work that I yeah. do for a, for a, an eight minute interview. And, and I think the same thing when you're doing stuff on stage like that, you know, and the same thing when I'm going to be on the tour. So with the music, you know, because it's, it's foreign to me as well. You, you don't want to look an idiot because um, everybody else is kind of good at their field around you. And yeah, you it's wanna... disrespectful as well. Yeah, it's disrespectful to the people and the audience. It's disrespectful for, for the organisers, disrespectful to the other bandmates. <laughs> and, and so you're really trying. I mean, my guitar instructor, uh, who's part of the band, whose idea it was to put this all up together... Um, he said, you know, you, and now we're at a stage now where, where I used to play sort of rhythm and he was lead. Now we're, now we're swapping. So he said, right, for this track, you'll do lead and then we, you, I'll go rhythm. And then throughout the, some of the tracks, we're, we're actually mixing and matching the two. No, we have to sort of rewind a little bit because people are going to think you're actually on tour and it's just music. No, it's not music. Because <laughs> it sounds like you're embarking on a full-on uh, live music tour. No, we haven't got that many songs exactly. in our Exactly. Um, but the, what, are the, what are the things go on in a James Martin show? I've been, but for people who haven't Well, been. we've got great guests lined up as well. I'm going to pull in a few favours from a few mates, so you'll get be getting an email. I'm there. Uh, you'll be getting an email to do a few bits and bobs Done. for us, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, the whole idea of it is it's a fun night out. Um, people's initial thinking of, of a chef's tour or a, or a cookery tour is one thing it's not just watching pans thing boil it the whole thing is a is a put together formatted show that we spend weeks in development on it so it's yes it's got food in it but it's a bit of laughs it's going to be interaction um there may be a little bit of music in there at some point as well uh, which is good fun we managed to get sort of uh, the great mark Nuffler involved on the last tour as well so um uh, we, we, we we're gonna pull in a few favors i think for this one james um i love you to death um thanks for coming in it's a pleasure, absolute okay. pleasure. Good what to see you guys. Man. James Martin. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Good morning. morning. In the morning. How are you guys? Yeah, not too bad. Okay, get on your mic because this is on. We're on. We're on the, on the radio. We're talking oh, yeah. on the radio. Sorry. 
Yeah. Um, well done. Uh, this is James Skelly, and we've got Paul Duffy and Paul Malloy. Uh, they are the Coral. Coral Island, the brand new album is out now. It's charted. Are we talking number two? Uh, I don't know whether we've had it in. I mean, I'm living in an alternative universe. Okay, it's well, number two, the, but point I'll take is, that. the point is, it's <laughs> amazing. Uh, listen to it yesterday and listen to it twice this morning before the show. Up early. Uh, seriously, no, I was on a long run and I listened to it twice. It was absolutely gorgeous as the sun was coming up, clear blue sky. What an album. It's called Coral Island. Um, tell us about your Coral Island. Where, it, where it, uh, is there a real one? Was there a real one? Yeah, there's one in Blackpool. It's like an arcade. And I think we saw it as we were coming home from a gig and that triggered the idea. Right. And it was kind of like a banner where all our ideas could come together. And then it started to become a mythical place as the island went along. Yeah, it reminded me of Banksy's Dismal Land, you know, that kind yeah, of vibe, yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah, going yeah. on. like the broken down fairground yeah, type thing. and it's a place that, you know, I used to go to the real, uh, Landudno, Conway, Skegness, Blackpool, all the amusement arcades, the Penny Arcades, all the piers. Um, if, if you... If you haven't heard this album already, seriously download it. It's absolutely fantastic. It has five star reviews from um, lots of music press. Uh, the Guardian gave it five stars the other day. It's 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 amazing. We we had Brett Anderson on yesterday talking about um, the Suede album, the 1996 album um, coming up, which was a, a, a an album of singles. You know, they said we're going to come up with ten bangs. They could all be singles, and there you are, and you have a forty-minute album. This is the opposite of that. This is an album. This is a framed masterpiece. Piece. Congratulations! It's awesome. Oh, nice one. Uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, it is that. absolutely awesome, and you know you have referenced yourself in your description of it. Um, you said Velvet Underground playing a Motown song in real Sun Center. You got that going on. So now you've started the references. Can I carry on that game? Go on, yeah. Okay. yeah. I can hear in there. I can hear the Eagles. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Can, I can hear Richard Ashcroft. Yeah. Um, I can hear the Birds. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then via somebody's granddad, I can hear War of the Worlds and Richard Burton. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What yeah. The he- For people who have no yeah. idea what I'm talking about, describe how he's made an appearance, not just once, but several times on this album. Well, Nick had wrote um, liner notes, and um, we were like, who could read them? Killy- we were like, Killian Murphy or John Sim. And then Ian was like, I'm going to record granddad because you aren't going to do that. So... <laughs> We ended, when I got it back, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Put it all echo on it, and I lost my head and was like, this is the first single, Grandad talking for five minutes. <laughs> it's amazing. Got talked down from that, and then once we split it up over the album, that's when we started to see what the album was. Yeah, it is, it is so cool. Uh, I have favourites on it, if I'm allowed to say. Oh, photographs, I love that. That jumps out at me for loads of different reasons. Telephone Wars. Uh, the one about summer, what's the one? You working on the summer job? What's that take one? Take me back to the summer Oh, take me back oh, to the summer so, I love that song. Um, question to all of you, when was the last time you rode the ghost train all night? Me. We were on the. Where, where <laughs> we, we actually did go on the a ghost oh, train not long ago. Brighton. Yeah, Brighton, I think. It no, was, that yeah. wasn't the question. Come on. <laughs> the question oh, was wh- when night. did you last ride the ghost train all night, gentlemen? Because <laughs> yeah, that's the line in the song, that. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's such a great song. It's so profound. Um, uh, just t- tell us more about it. Tell us more about all the different, you know, different... It's so confident. Such a confident... It's either a confident or carefree album or something in between. Yeah, it's definitely something in between. The idea was, was on your 10th album was do something that can't be ignored. If, if people don't like it, that's fair enough, but you can't ignore it. Right. 
you, I mean, you can't ignore it. It's Con a love or hate, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah, you can't, can't ignore a concept album about a mythical island with, with my granddad on it. <laughs> you know, no one else <laughs> is doing so, that, so. That was the uh, yeah, that what, was the original idea. And as I, as I wandered down from the studio down the corridor here on the 17th floor, I've been greeted not only by you, you know, giving us amazing um, sapphires from this album live, which is cool, and people can watch what's going on now at Virgin Radio UK on Facebook um, and on YouTube later. But I was greeted with a vinyl copy of the album. Is this double gatefold? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Proper old school. Yeah, we went the full way. Yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, this double is, cassette. Yeah. This is like Christmas, man. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's so cool. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Beautiful beaches, glorious weather, and this weekend, the dulcet tones of our next guest. That's right, the Spanish Grand Prix is live and exclusive this Sunday only on Sky Sports F1. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one paella of a commentator. It's Crofty! <laughs> one paella of a commentator! <laughs> yeah! Best yet. Oh, All right, Crofty. He's very good. He's almost as good as you, Crofty. That is fantastic again. Where does he get them from? I don't know. I don't know Nothing where he gets them from. I don't know where he, I don't want to know where he gets them from. I think it's um, <laughs> via the dark web or somewhere like that. Uh, so, Crofty, <laughs> you said last week that you were going to go and play golf in Portugal and whilst you're working. Did you get to go and have a game of golf? Yeah, so we got to Portugal mm -hmm. and the weather was lovely and we had all the gear and we got to the course and it was shut. Really? But they, they hadn't told us that everything was in lockdown, so they shut all the golf courses. And, um, yeah, I flew from Portugal yesterday. The course was still shut. I, yeah. I, I've been running around it every day, but I've not managed to hit a golf ball in anger. Okay, because Ted said on his notebook, Ted Kravitz, who I adore, by the way, a single cam Ted Kravitz, no editing required, um, point and shoot, and half an hour later, you've got a programme. Yeah. Yeah. He's very cost effective, that Ted Kravitz. Um, oh, he is that. He said, he said, you know, well, we've got to go back to our hotel because we're not allowed outside. You know, we're, we're on lockdown. I thought, well, that's not what Crofty told us on the radio last week. <laughs> so who, who's telling the truth? Well, the, the, the thing is, the hotel didn't tell us, sadly. Right. Um, so no, so we couldn't play. By the way, best bit about Ted's notebook was Saturday when he found Lando Norris's car and a bird had deposited rather a large um, uh, deposit on there. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but you can check it out on social media. Lando Norris, bird poo, yeah, all so, over his car. So Very unfortunate <clears throat> one like. So what Ted did, he went to the driver's car park and to see, you know, what cars the drivers are driving to the circuit. And it was fascinating. And then he went to the team owner's car park to see which cars they were driving. And it was quite obvious that some drivers are told what they're going to drive to the car park from a corporate and um, commercial mm. point of view. And other drivers could pick. i got to say my favourite car was probably Sebastian Vettel's. And his Aston Martin road car, I think, could probably beat his Aston Martin Formula One car at the moment. Yeah, I, in all honesty, uh, I don't think that much difference in terms of performance on the track, which is harsh. <laughs> oh, but true. Um, but true. Um, my, my, my partner, who's listening in this morning, uh, Morning Laura, um, works for Aston Martin. Oh, and, dear. Sorry. Um, <laughs> my son sent her a message this week saying, oh, I hear your team's in trouble. Uh, the FIA have uh, found them guilty of cheating. Uh, they've uh, copied last year's Williams. Uh, which I thought was a little bit unfair. Oh, <laughs> that's ouching all the wrong places. Yeah, uh, God bless Aston Martin. I mean, don't get me wrong, their, their, their road car division is doing great guns. Their new 4x4 is stunning, but it's not happening on the track. Um, what are you? How are you feeling ahead of this? I thought the Portuguese Grand Prix was a bit dull, Crofty. Oh, yeah, it, it was at the end. 
Yeah. But, you know, what, once upon a time, three mm. changes of the lead in a race, um, you know, we, we'd have been purring about that for weeks afterwards, yeah, uh, given some of the races we've had to polish over the years. But, yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you. It fizzled out a bit, but that was probably because Lewis Hamilton did so well um, and the rest couldn't, couldn't touch him by the time he took the lead. Uh, I think this week might be a bit of the same. Mm-hmm. Spain is never a great race for overtaking. They've reprofiled Turn 10, and I don't think they've made it any better for overtaking. Yeah. With that reprofiling, it's more for the bikes and the cars. And I, I think Red Bull have got a better chance this week. But based on what we're seeing, and we're kind of learning about the performance of the cars here, um, Red Bull seems to be very good in the high-speed corners. Mercedes very good in the slow-speed corners. So qualifying could be really exciting with Red Bull kind of ahead in the first two sectors and Mercedes then getting back at them at the end because all the slow stuff comes at the end here. I, I think it's Red Bull's race. Um, and, and what a way to celebrate five years at the Red Bull team for Max Verstappen to come back to the race he won at for his first ever Grand Prix victory in 2016. Yeah, I remember meeting Max Verstappen for the first time at Christian Horner's house. I think it was at Christmas due, and it was about five or five and a half years ago, and he said, oh, here's our new driver. He looked about seven years old. He looks about 12 now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> he was uh, 18 years and 228 days old was when he, he really? won here in Spain five years ago. I mean, and, and he's, he's still younger than Michael Schumacher was when Schumacher won his first race in Formula One. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and what about Bottas? I mean, you know, he, he's, mm. he's lost his mojo, hasn't he? Uh, has he lost his mojo? I just think for Valtteri, the, the, the numbers are stacking up a little bit. Yeah. You know, o- only one win in his last 19 races. Yeah. Uh, hasn't won any of his last six from pole. I don't think his mojo's gone, but I don't think he's finding enough mojo to challenge Lewis. Oh, I don't know. The trouble. I don't know. Weak defence, I thought, when, when Lewis was behind him. Yeah, it's not often you hear Toto Wolf on the radio, is it? Yeah. Come on, Valtteri, hunt him down. You're the quickest. Yeah. Well, least, that, that, yeah. that message didn't age well, did it? Not right, not at all. All right, anything else to get us uh, hooked up on um, Sunday's race? It's only live once on Sky, of course. Sky Sports, Sky F1, 2pm, the Spanish Grand Prix. Uh, give us 30 more seconds, please, if you don't mind, Crofty. 30 more seconds. Right. Max Verstappen against Lewis Hamilton. It, it, it is the heavyweight title battle Formula One's been waiting for forever. Lando Norris, third in the championship. He is absolutely dishing it out to Daniel Ricciardo. was a very good support act at the moment. Carlos Sainz and Fernando Alonso go back to Spain for their home race. And Sebastian Vettel, we might have been a slightly unkind. Let's give it some positivity for Aston Martin and Sebastian Vettel. He has scored points in the last 12 Spanish Grand Prix. Will he make it lucky for some 13? Do you know what? He's probably got half a chance of scoring his first points of the season. Yeah, if he uh, ta- you'll find out Sunday afternoon. Yeah, if he takes his road car instead of his F1 car. <laughs> All right, two you minutes. You want an Aston, don't you? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's two, who doesn't? Yeah. It's two minutes past eight. Thank you, Crofty. Give all up to the team. Yeah. You're awesome. Well BAFTA you. nominated. Sky Sports Sky F1 uh, coverage there. Um, continues once again. Begins at nine o'clock. Early practice. Free practice. Sky Sports F1. It's only live once. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. <laughs> if you're struggling to get from A to B, the advice of our next guest could get you through the whole alphabet. Her latest book, How to Change, is out tomorrow and here to tell us more is a lady that just like her namesake always delivers the goods it's professor katie milkman hi katie hello <laughs> oh thanks for staying up so late to talk to us what time is it there it is 4 41 a.m oh my god i hope we're <laughs> worth it i'll try i'll try my best for you <laughs> i know you're worth it um, i'm excited to be here this book is amazing uh, congratulations on writing it and to be an expert in behavior behavior change i mean what a fascinating subject katie before we get into the book 
Thank you. I love what I study. It is fascinating. It is uh, incredible. Um, you know, and we all, you know, we all behave in different ways every day, and we all uh, wish we could change it. And you tell us um, how we might do that. First of all, uh, how about this for a start, everyone, to kick you off? Um, it turns out that the leading cause of premature death isn't poor health in the US, and indeed in most of uh, the Western civilized world, uh, difficult social circumstances or bad genes or environmental toxins. Instead, an estimated 40% of premature deaths are the result of personal behaviors we can change page eight of your brilliant book tell us more about that yeah this is a fascinating fact and honestly when i learned this it, it changed the course of my career but it turns out that the small daily decisions we make about what we eat whether we drink smoke whether we're safe when we get into vehicles and get cancer screenings those small daily decisions actually add up and that's they accumulate to cause so many premature deaths far more than i would have ever expected and when i realized that it really pivoted me and and focused me on what I could do to help. And it also made me realize, look, if it's adding up this much when it comes to our health, just imagine what the accumulation looks like with other small decisions we make around savings, uh, around the environment, around uh, really, you know, happiness. And so uh, I got really interested and focused on understanding what was the science of changing those behaviors for the better. What were the tools and techniques that robustly work to help us achieve our goals in all of these domains that are so important? Yeah, and you've got to read this book if you can. And also, Katie has uh, an amazing podcast, which I've never listened to. I can't wait. It's, you're going to go into my top 10 favorite podcasts as well. It's called Choiceology. It's in its seventh season, uh, Katie's fortnightly podcast. Um, page 21, the second revelation in the book that jumped out to me is, it's not so much what people are trying to change, but when we try to change things that's so important you're saying yeah this was uh, this was a big moment in my career as well and it actually it came when i was visiting google of all places i was giving a talk there about a decade ago about some of my research on how to change health decisions how to help uh, nudge employees towards being more productive towards saving more for retirement and i got this amazing question from an hr leader and he asked um, okay, Katie, we're totally sold that we should be nudging people using behavioral science to encourage them to make these better choices. But is there some ideal time to do that? And, you know, it was one of those moments when just a light bulb went off and I thought, oh my gosh, it's such a great question. We yeah. really don't know. Uh, so I started studying this and what might occur to you when, <laughs> when you read that immediately occurred to me was, well, we know about New Year's, right? Like we know that New Year's is this moment when people are particularly motivated to set resolutions and achieve their goals. But I wondered if there might be a broader set of moments that have that same feeling of a fresh start and, and a moments when we sort of look back and we say, oh yeah, you know, I didn't achieve what I wanted to last year in that last period, but um, maybe now I can do it. It's sort of a new day, a new me. Um, and what we found is that there are, there are all these moments that give us that sense of a fresh start or a new beginning. We think about our lives like a series of chapters in a novel. And every time we open a new chapter, and it can be as small as a new week or more momentous, like the celebration of a birthday, um, 
the start of spring, uh, moments like holidays on the calendar that feel like fresh starts, even the start of a new month. We see that those moments make people set more goals on goal setting websites. They go to the gym more frequently at those moments. They search for the term diet on the internet more often. And we can even highlight those moments to people and um, make them more interested in, say, signing up for a savings program or just getting reminders to pursue new goals. Katie, you're amazing. Just before you go, um, we're almost out of time here. What about the the doubt factor? So what about the fact when we think we want to change something, um, but we're not quite sure, how can we know that we know we want to change? Oh my gosh, that's such a good and hard question. <laughs> I think, you know, I would say um, there's really interesting work that's been done suggesting when you're on the precipice of change, you're sort of thinking it might be right for me, but I'm not totally positive. There's this really interesting study where um, Steve Levitt, uh, who's the author of the book, popular book Freakonomics that you might have heard yeah, of, um, he did this study. He was getting all these people asking him, should I make this life change? You know, should I get a divorce? Should I dye my hair? Should I take a new job? <laughs> because he was, you know, he was like famous suddenly. And he was a scientist and he said, I'm actually, you know what I really want to do is I want to randomly assign some of you to change and some of you not to. So he got thousands of people to agree to be in this study where um, a coin flip was going to give them advice on whether they should change or not, which sounds a little crazy. Obviously, not everyone took the advice of the coin flip, but but it did sway enough people that he could look at the people who got heads, which said change, and tails that said didn't, and see there was a difference. More people who got heads changed than didn't, and then survey them on their happiness later. And what he found is the people who got heads and were told to change and changed at a higher rate were happier uh, than the people who didn't. And, yeah. and the reason for this most likely is there's a whole lot of research showing we're hesitant to make changes in our lives. We tend to prefer the comfort of our uh, our routines and whatever it is we're up to. And if we're really contemplating change, it, it probably means it would be good for us because it's so hard to contemplate in the first place. So I, I think that would be my advice. If you feel like there might be a change that could could be better for you, that probably means it would be because um, we're so inertial as humans. We're so resistant in general by constitution to change, afraid, afraid of the things we might lose if we deviate from our current path, that we tend to be biased against change. And so if we're even thinking about it, then doing it is probably going to be better for yeah, us. Yeah, good advice. And I know that's a spontaneous question that you weren't quite ready for, but that, that is a, a fantastic answer. And also change is movement, isn't it? And we were meant to move. And also if we, if we think we want to change, and we err on the side of, of not doing so safety if you like in inverted commas um, there you have built in future regret and that, that you know therein lies misery so I think you're bang on Katie thank you so much for your time thank you so much for having me this was really fun <laughs> you're awesome especially at quarter to five in the morning how to change the science of getting from where you are to where you want to be by the very clever lady live from Philadelphia Katie Milkman on your radio just now the best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky on Virgin Radio temperatures are rising glaciers are melting <laughs> but according to our next guest all hope is not lost his book how to save our planet is out on Thursday so ladies and gentlemen here with his very clear position on carbon emissions is Mother Earth's favourite son Professor Mark Maslin. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Very well. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Uh, so your book, How to Save Our Planet, I love it. My kids love it. And um, there's a little bit of mini sapiens going on at the beginning. First of all, can you set it up for us, please, if you don't mind? Uh, so I, I got really frustrated uh, reading lots of these worthy books on climate change. You know, the big, thick ones, the doom and gloom. And I have to confess that I've actually written a couple of myself. 
And so I, I went away and went, how do I write something that my mates down the pub or who I play football with would actually want to read and actually could get something out of? And so I went away and suddenly this book came to me where I've used single sentences, double sentences and made it all very factual and just really easy to read, hopefully. And it's not a linear book. So, Chris, you can dive into whichever chapter you want to. You can read it backwards. It's just it's just more user-friendly than most other books, I think. Right. It says how to save our planet, but as I alluded to um, earlier on, uh, 10, 15 minutes ago, the planet tends to be fine. It's just the things on it that suffer. Well, that's why I said save our planet, right. because it really is about saving the planet for ourselves, because, yes, life will carry on whatever we do, but actually what we want to be able to do is look after everybody on the planet and actually there is part of us that really cares about nature biodiversity and of course the whole of the biosphere that basically keeps us alive so what what are the main things we've done wrong say in the last hundred years because it's been the the exponential curve of damage we've done is is frightening if you look at the, the last hundred years even the last 50 years out of the last hundred years so the main things we've done wrong there and what we could do in the next say five to ten years to try and right the wrongs of the last um, couple of millennia. So I'll, I'll give you some interesting facts from the book which really make people sit up. I mean, we've cut down three trillion trees. That's half the trees on the planet. We've sort of made enough concrete to cover the whole world in a layer two millimeters thick, and that includes the oceans. We make 300 million tons of plastic, which are found in all of our oceans. I mean, they found a plastic bag in the Marianas Trench, which is seven miles deep in the ocean. And the best fact that I always give to people is you weigh land mammals. You take them all and you weigh them. 30% of humans, because there's 7.8 uh, billion of us, 67% is our livestock and pets. And only 3% are wild animals, which Richard Attenborough beautifully films and basically uh, beams into our um, living rooms on a Sunday night. Can you imagine? That's the change that we've done on the land. Mm. I mean, some philosophers would say that in order to change things with the kind of ideas you have in your amazing book, you know, that would take us, that would take choice, us choosing to do things. But some philosophers say there is no such thing as free will. So if nature takes its course, what do you think will happen? Will we just have to sort this out anyway? Because that often is the best and most expeditious way to, to, to come up with a solution that will work because it has to work. Otherwise, you know, we have no choice. We have literally have no choice. I think we've got to that point now. What is really strange about 2020 and 2021 is we're in the middle of a pandemic, okay, which we would have thought would have taken everybody's mind off any other crisis. But underneath, everybody is still really concerned about climate change and the environmental crisis. And so really big things are in motion. Now, of course, it's 30 years too late. But as the Chinese say, when was the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? When's the next time that's best? Now. <laughs> so again, I think lots of really positive things are happening this year. And I'm hoping that this book, and of course people, people power, can actually make us change things. And there's, that, uh, there's a theory, isn't there? There's a formula for the critical mass of action um, it takes for wholesale change to occur. And it's a, quite a small number of people around the world. It's like 2 or 3%, isn't it? But, because that's enough. That, that's, that's the power of activism. Again, we've seen that with 
the brilliant school strikes, you know, young people standing up and going, do you know what, you old fogies, you really ruined this planet. Could you actually sort it out before we get to our voting age? I mean, that's been brilliant. Five million of them before lockdown went on a Friday strike. I mean, we've got this fantastic sort of uh, movement now. And with America and China coming on board with their pledges of cutting carbon emissions, we've got real hope this year. I mean, I know I'm, I'm not usually the optimist, but come Glasgow in November with the big uh, climate meeting, we might actually do something really special. All right, so three things in a minute before uh, we bid you farewell. And thanks so much for being on the show. Three things in a minute that we can all do today. The three best things, the most important things we can do today to help. First thing is talk about it. What right. I really don't understand in this country is we'll happily talk about why John Lewis furniture should or should not be in a prime minister's flat, but we won't talk about the most important thing, which is the threat to our planet. Second thing is, I have to say, I really laud the fact that you've gone vegetarian, Chris. I think that's brilliant. I think we all need to move to a more vegetable-based diet because it's basically healthier for us. Oh, it also helps to save the planet. And the other thing is that everybody at home can do is switch to a renewable uh, energy tariff because it's probably the same price and therefore actually it's not going to cost you anything but it sends a really big message to the energy companies that we want them to change. All right, How to Save Our Planet is out now and it's by the amazing Professor Mark Maslin who you just heard talking to us right there. Thank you, Mark. Cheers, Have a great Chris. day. ta The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.